Welcome to the Business Awards Show, where we share valuable information and secret nuggets to get your award entry notice by the judges for all the right reasons. Our weekly episodes also feature inspirational interviews with winners, judges and sponsors. So let's dive in and start your journey to award-winning success. Debbie Gilbert here from the Best Business Women Awards and today I am joined by Kerry and Maddie from Top Fest Festivals who have won multiple awards this year which they're going to talk a bit about later on. We're going to hear all about their business journey, their partnership together and they're going to be sharing some great tips today in this episode. So welcome ladies. Thank Hello. you. Very excited <laughs> to be here. So first of all um, let's because, you know, I've got two of you on the call today. So, Maddie, let's talk to you about the partnership and how you and Kerry met. Yes, of course. So, um, so we met uh, 10 years ago at our previous employment. Um, we started the business, uh, Topfest is now in its sixth year next year. Uh, we started the business. We were both on mat leave. I was with my second child. Uh, Kerry was with her first child. And we both saw a gap in the market in the for the toddlers um for children who or the toddlers who are not yet walking um what we can do at the weekend there's a plethora of opportunity and activities uh, to take your children through the week but when you get to the weekend there isn't really a lot to do um and we started the business off um doing smaller events uh, at the weekend we saw success in that and we were in demand. So we both decided, let's do a festival. Why not? The opportunity is there, the demand's there. And we started six years ago now uh, with Topfest. So how does the actual event work? Because I'm intrigued to know, because my kids are like 30 and 22 now, so nothing like this was around then. Um, so how does it work? So the parents come along with their children. What, what, what would yeah. they expect to find when they come to one of your events? So... Um basically anything and everything you can ever imagine for a children for children under five so um the event is an entirely immersive creative sensory space um catering for children from six months old right up until five years and beyond you know we still we still get families that bring children that are six seven eight that still absolutely love it our um daughters who are the same age are now seven and they still ask us every single year mommy can we go to top best so we do find it goes all the way up to seven and eight and beyond but um it is a mix of stage shows um toddler friendly fairground rides um, inflatables sensory shows reading spaces um lots of physical activities, so working on fine and, and gross motor skills. Um, and we welcome lots of different businesses that, that specialise in children under five into the festival and they kind of showcase what they can do. So essentially everything you can imagine, things like baby raves, um, all sorts, absolutely all sorts. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. So what's the challenges been working together? Because obviously you were work pals, you got together. What, what sort of challenges have you come across as a, a partnership now? Oh, probably a lot. Um, <laughs> I think we're, we're both 
strong, independent, successful women, you know, in our own rights. And we both had um, extensive careers before we sort of came and took this leave. And I think a partnership is incredible. Um, and it's incredible because when, uh, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, it's a very lonely business, it's a very challenging business. Um, and it's having somebody else that's there that's sitting alongside you, um, pulls you out of that ditch, you know, when you're, you're not really sure um, where to go next or you've got, you know, a creative challenge or a, a business challenge and you're not sure how to, to progress. You've got somebody there as a sounding board. But the challenge is comes when actually one person has a particularly strong opinion on, on a particular area of the business and the other person doesn't agree. And that happens less often now. You know, Maddie and I have been working together for seven years, mm. um, just the two of us consistently every day. And we've learned how how um, each other works. We've learned where our strengths are. Mm. Um, and we've learned how to kind of trust each other in certain elements of the business um, to give each other that, that kind of space. Um, but it, yeah, it can be difficult. And it's difficult when you've got two strong women, you've got hormones, you've got emotions, you've got all of those things. And also everyday life, you know, um, there's lots of other things that go on, you know, behind the scenes. And we're friends first as well. So we still spend time together as as, as families, we come together. Um so it is hard to kind of find that professional balance, but also keep the friendship. Um, but I think, honestly, trial and error um, and being honest and open with each other. And also one thing that I've learned is you just have to talk it through and let it go. You know, when we do have disagreements or we don't necessarily agree on a particular thing within the business, that's fine. We're two different people. We're not yeah. always going to agree. So yeah. I think being able to talk it through, being honest about how each other feels and then parking it, and then just moving on has been probably a game changer for us in the last few years. So Maddie, do you have defined roles within the business? Do you have role uh, certain things you do and certain things Kerry does? Yeah, I think, yeah, our roles have definitely evolved. I think at the, at the start, we were very much kind of fusing, trying to work out where, what our strengths are, where, what we could both own. Um, And now over the years, we definitely, have found where our strengths are and how best it works for the and benefits the business as a whole. Kerry's very much marketing the front end. I don't generally do a lot on social media and things like this. So this kind of thing is is new for me. <laughs> I do a lot. Um, whereas I'm more back office and operations. Yeah. And it, that's something that we've naturally um, transitioned into. Um, it's definitely something as we've identified that we probably need to now define um, more prescriptively um in like a document and things like that which we are evolving as we go but it's definitely we've transitioned and we've have now found our spaces that work that really benefit the business so that we can you know push the business forward yeah that's great so um how many top fests are you doing a year at the moment so for next year, next year we've got five top fests. Um, yeah. We have progressed. We started with one um, in Hitchin. Uh, then we grew to two to three. And now we're at five next year. Um, we aim to try and spread as far across the country as we can. We are a pop-up and pop-down festival, essentially, um, for a number of different reasons. So we generally build the day before we have the event, and then that night we leave site as it was perfect before we'd even been there. So we're quite unlike other festivals where they have a couple of weeks build. We don't do that. Um, 
for a multitude of different reasons. So because of that, we're quite restricted in terms of where we can go to. And um, we've got demand of people that want us in Scotland and down in Cornwall. Um, we're both Hertfordshire based. So it's also trying to manage that with our work-life balance and families, as well as trying to meet the needs, um, which is why we've now, <laughs> we, we both got to four and we went no more. And then we like, actually, we can do one more. We'll do five. So now five is our five maximum. Five is the limit. <laughs> <laughs> on that. <laughs> do you do them over quite a concentrated period or are they spread out throughout the year? Because I guess you need decent weather or you try and do them when the weather's decent. Yeah, yeah, so we start we start the tour in May, late May in Yorkshire, and next year we end the tour in Cheshire, uh, basically two months later. So it's every couple of weeks we are doing an event. So it's quite intense. Um, it's an intense period of time, especially because the weather's lovely. We want to do things with our own families and things <laughs> like that. But it's the most amazing tour and journey that we have. It's it's brilliant. So. And how do you, um, let's ask you this, Kerry, how do you go about sourcing where your venues are going to be? Like, do you, do you look for fields that farmers own, that sort of thing? Or um, Honestly, the venues is probably the, the hardest thing mm. of, the, of the, the whole business is sourcing the right venue. Because not only do we need to find a venue that works, we need, it needs to have good transport links. It needs to be close to lots of major towns and cities so that we're pulling a, a good demographic. Um, it needs to not be too close to another venue that we already have. But also, and probably most importantly, um, you know, our audience is, is children under five. It's babies, toddlers. It needs to be a safe, welcoming environment that mm. parents with very young children can come and feel, you know, feel comfortable and, and really just relax. So because of that, we've started um, almost by accident, I suppose, using race courses. Um, so what we found was a race course was the perfect blend mm. of green space, but mm. also fixed buildings, working toilets, electricity, mm. solid, you know, um, car parks, tarmac car parking um, with, you know, big wide bays for people to get their, their buggies and their prams out and their babies out. Um, and that has been fantastic because it still gives that kind of festival feeling, mm. but you're protected from the elements and the weather and, um, you know, everything else that kind of goes with being just in a field. Mm. And also, as Maddie mentioned earlier, because of our model, we rig and de-rig within essentially a 48-hour period. Um, that allows us to keep the costs as low as possible, which then allows us to, to sell our tickets at a really, really good price, a good value price for a family. Um, and because of that, having um, the infrastructure that's at a race course allows us to be able to just go in and pop up and then break back down again in a really short period of time. That's so it's, it's been trial and error. And we, we either, although there are lots of race courses all over the country, not all of them have the right mix of green space, the right yeah. amount of car parking. So we've done... We've been to some venues that we haven't continued with. We're still finding venues. We're looking for the right areas. Um, and then our one, our original um, location, which is Hertfordshire, which is where we're both based, that's the one that's been going the longest. And that's actually at a showground. So it's just a greenfield site. Um, and that one is really tough because it doesn't have that support structure and that infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, but it's our most popular venue and it's, it's our home so it was kind of a compromise that we've sort of had to do each year and we love it there but it's a very very difficult one to is manage. that the one in redbourne is that the heart yeah showground? yeah at the, yeah the county showground it's, it's where i'm born and, and bred i was born ah, and bred in oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a hard site it well. it's, 
is really open to the elements. Yeah. You yeah. know, you get rain and wind and, you know, so we have to put lots of, for everything in, into that site from toilets yeah. to power to water mm. to tents, you know, there's nothing there. So that's a really big build. Mm. So we wouldn't be able to do that like week in, week out. Yeah. Like yeah, venues, always tricky, always tricky. But it sounds like you've cracked it, ladies, because... <laughs> Some award so. wins already <laughs> under your belt. So let's talk a bit about awards. Um, what you know, what put them on your radar, and what have you been winning so far? Do you want to start off, Maddie? Yeah. So um, we have we've been applying for awards now for a couple of years. Um, we both feel that as the business has grown, the awards um, really ground us with our customers and our attendees because they can look at the award and see the um significance and the recognition that the business is getting from outside um peers mm. which is really important for us the other aspect to it is that we are as the business is growing um we are finding that we need it's good to have the awards to really show other businesses and brands where we might evolve the uh, the business with other brands that they can see that the business is established, the business is successful. And so mm. for us, it's, and it's also just, it's an opportunity um, to meet other businesses in the area, in our sector, as well as other sectors as well. Um, and it raises our profile that way. Mm, definitely. Yeah. So Kerry, what, what awards have you won so far? Um, so this year, as Manny said, we sort of, we, we felt that it was a really, we were at a place in the business, it was a really good opportunity to kind of go out and, and almost put ourselves out there to kind of hopefully get that recognition back. Um, and just to add to what Maddie said, the, the sort of big, one of the big things, because we pop up in different locations, obviously the, the, we have an audience, we're expecting an attendance of 5,000 people at, a lo- at an event, but they've never seen Top Best before in, in Cheshire, for example, you know, it's brand new to them. So how do we make it credible and notable mm. and that a customer can look at it and go, yeah, do you know what? My money will be safe in, in, in their hands and the event is what it says mm. it's going to be. So the events are great. Uh, the awards, sorry, are great for that. We have um, just recently won um, gold in um, the SME Hertfordshire Awards um, and we won Creative and Entertainment Organisation of the Year, which we were absolutely thrilled with. Um, we also won earlier in the year... Um, a cool event award which has just got a great name again we won gold in that um for the best event under a 50k budget a daily budget um and obviously we put in for the the best business women awards and that was kind of almost the pinnacle for us in terms of you know the, the one that we we really we really felt proud to even be shortlisted um and, and obviously be able to come and attend the, the event and everything because ultimately you know we 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 started this business as two mums with with no business running a business entrepreneurial experience whatsoever so to be in that room with all of those women it was so powerful and so inspiring um and it really did feel like actually do you know what we feel like we've got that recognition that we were hoping to kind of you get have after. arrived That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know we've slogged away in this business just the two of us for you know five or six years until to get into that point so it really felt like actually it was that tipping point for us to go do you know what we are we are um credible we're a credible business we're established you know we're mm. successful and it's hard when it, you, you're entrepreneurs and everyone, i'm sure everyone listening can relate you know mm. to actually put you know bench that imposter syndrome and say mm. do you know what we are you know what? we're a fully fledged business people value it and the service that we offer so yeah it was definitely 
definitely a, a good a good moment being there. So I guess for COVID period, you couldn't run the events. Did you have to stop for a year or something? How did they negotiate that, Maddie? Yes, COVID was quite a roller coaster. Um, so we launch our events uh, in the August or September, I think that year. The before we uh, before the September before the event. Um, so we had already sold our tickets or a good portion of our tickets, and were in March is when we start to really ramp up in terms of ticket mm. sales and things like that. And um, by that point, everything is already booked on site. We've got all of our performers, the stages, the infrastructure, everything's already there. So then March hit and it was everything's shut down two weeks and then it kept getting longer. So we it was a a really hard time. It was first, okay, it's just two weeks. We were like, well, maybe in May it'll be fine. Then we kind of thought, actually, this isn't fine. Let's put it, Mm. we'll put it back. I think we put it back to maybe July, August time. Maybe they will be fine then. No, it's still not fine. And um, at which point we then said, right, we just need to push it a full year. We pushed it back um, and we pushed it back until, I think we did it till the May, the following year. It was the same. It was literally a year later, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it was. We'll just push it back a year. And then I think as the restrictions started lifting and they had the actual plan put in place, it was the, was it a June date? That was 25th the, of June. Oh, there we go. There <laughs> we know. Everything was going to go back to normal on the 25th mm. yeah. of June. So at it. which point, so we then pushed from May of that year, 2021, 20, wow. we pushed it to the August. Um, we had three events um, and trying to navigate uh, all of the infrastructure, the performers, the venues mm. availability and the re- and making sure that we are booking it in enough time such that if anything happens mm. or things, everyone's it's also our customers are getting used to coming out again in big crowds mm. and things like that. It's a really it was a really big deal. So we ended up having in the summer holidays because our children were off on summer. We had three weekends back to back that we did the events. We went Weatherby, Newmarket and Hertfordshire. And it was hard work on our behalf, (laughs) as well as managing the children in the six weeks holidays. It was a really hard one in terms of the COVID aspect and just making Mm. sure that we were COVID safe, which we Mm. were. The, The venues were brilliant in their support with that. Um, and then it was also just making sure that our customers are uh, they have an enjoyable experience mm. because we were also anxious coming out of COVID and mixing again and things like that. Fortunately, we're an outdoor, predominantly outdoor mm. event. Mm. Um, so we had like things like masks and things indoors or recommended and things like that. But because we were are an outdoor event, it it we yeah. were uh, we navigated it quite well, but it was extremely hard um for it just to go no all cancelled but there we go yeah and I think as well like it was it was really really overwhelming the kind of support that we got from our customers because Mm. obviously from from our perspective and we're not unique in this you know it happened to everybody but our our whole industry stopped for 18 months you you Mm. couldn't physically bring people together so we had no income whatsoever and we had to rely on our customers and told us that had bought those tickets previously trusting in us and just carrying them over to the following year and such a large portion of them did it and without that if they'd have gone actually do you know what no I want my money back I don't want to come the business would never have been able to survive because we'd already committed financially to such a large portion of the events Mm -hmm. like Maddie said so we were really overwhelmed by 
the level of support that we got from our customers and the loyalty that they kind of showed us as we moved and navigated. And I mean, I think there was about four postponements in the end. Oh, so it was, yeah. um, our our ticket provider said our Hertfordshire Top Fest was the most postponed event <laughs> they've ever had. I was like, well, there we go. <laughs> but we did it that's the main thing yeah we did it yeah I was in the same boat you know I've, I own a marketing and events agency we do the expos business expos we were in the same boat because our expo was actually the very first day of lockdown <laughs> so you know we had sold we, we sold stands um we had obviously produced the brochure we had spent money on advertising we'd got 500 people registered to come oh my god and we changed it like you several times that year mm. and in the end uh after a meeting with my accountant I refunded all of the stands all of the sponsorship oh. because it was sitting on my balance sheet yeah. and I didn't know when we would be able to do it yeah. again so we didn't come back until last year actually because that's oh, gosh yeah so I I, def, I I think, you know, people who are not in events don't realise just how tough it was for us during that period and how little money we made, if we made any at all, no. and how stressful <laughs> every day was. Because you watch the news hoping for some kind of direction and kind of, you know, good news from the government. And, of course, behind the scenes, they were partying on down there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we should have got them involved. We should have got them. We should have got them. I know that was horrendous. I watched that that dramatization a few weeks ago, and I was seething. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just didn't get that support, and I think the events industry really was, and hospitality generally, we we were the ones that predominantly suffered the most, really. Yeah, and we, it takes yeah. time to recover. Yeah, we found so twenty twenty one. We did the three festivals back to back, three weeks in a row. It nearly killed us off, but we just about survived it. And even going into 2022, you know, it, it's still, people yeah. were still not committing to things because yeah. they'd, they'd lost out. They had credits in everywhere with events that had been cancelled mm. or holidays. And so people weren't committing to things because they mm. weren't sure what was going to happen. And it was only really this year yeah. that we saw actually the behaviour of customers had just relaxed back into how it was previously. And it, it so it was even though we ran for twenty twenty one and twenty two, it wasn't normal by any no, stretch. It wasn't no. seen previous no. to that, and it's taken years to get back to that kind of normal that mentality. That actually, you know, if I book something six months in advance, I'll probably get to go to it. Which obviously for a long period you wouldn't do that, would you? you just mm. wouldn't book it. So, what's the plans next year for Top Fest? What have you got? You've got your five festivals next year. Um, we'll make sure those details are in the show notes and also yeah. on the YouTube channel. We'll we'll put the links Thank in. You. So you got your, and then what is the bigger picture for you two? Because obviously your children are quite small at the moment still. So where would you like to see Top Fest in say five years time or even ten years? So this is the magic question. What's a good question. So um, <laughs> it's, honestly, up until probably the beginning of this year, this business was a true passion project. It was created because we felt so strongly and so passionately about giving families a space to be able to be together. Um, as Maddie said at the beginning, born from our own kind of frustrations around, you know, I've got a an 18-month-old and a husband and it's Saturday and, it, and where am I going to go? You know, mm. you, you, you can go to a playground or soft play and get wiped out by the older kids. But what's, <laughs> what is there for them to kind of do and, and really for you all to kind mm. of spend time together? And so... 
up until this year, it was very much the focus was, and still is to an extent, how can we reach more families? How can we, because it, it, until you come and you experience it and lots of our customers will, will you know, share it, share it on social media, but it's magical. It really is. Seeing a little toddler walk in and their face just light up because everything that is in that festival is for them. Mm. Everything is safe for them. They can walk up to anything and get involved. Whereas in lots of events and lots of, um, you know, days out and theme parks and things, they're an afterthought. They're usually mm. free or subsidised because actually it's not catering for them. And it, and the parents just relax into it and it's just amazing and magical. So we wanted to spread that as far as we could. And each year we've added, as Maddie said, another festival and another to reach more of the country. And we've sort of settled on five. Um, and at the beginning of this year, we sort of said, right, okay, you know, we're... we're planning to welcome 25,000 people through the gates next year. Um, the kind of following and, and the demand on social media is growing. We need to start to think about this more strategically and more as a, as a business mm. um, and less of as a, as a passion and a, just, a, you know, wanting to service people. We need to kind of think more strategically and more long-term. So we started to talk about, well, what does five years look like? Um, and what does 10 years, you know, where are we? And, and at the moment, we're still trying to work that out. We know mm. that we want to get it, um, we want to see as many people as we can. We want the tour to, to reach as many families. Um, and that probably now is going to be about increasing capacities in the venues we've already got and working with them to really build those venues into really iconic kind of core events that people, you know, around the the locations know are going to happen each year. And um, they bring their children at one year, at two years, at three years, all the way through to five, mm. and they kind of come with us on that journey. Um, it's also about starting to think more sponsorship, mm. um, working alongside um, children's brands um, to kind of enhance the top best experience for customers, but also to start to think a bit more strategically as a business. Um, and then past that or beyond that in terms of what happens next, we're not sure. Mm. We're not sure whether it becomes a model that we um we move around the country in in a in a different way, maybe a licensed way, or whether it's something that we build up to a point that um, we have a team, you know, underneath us, you know, that it's yeah. just Maddie and I at the moment. So at the moment, it's all to play for. We know, all our kind of driving force is knowing that we want to stick to our, our core values and purpose that we started this business in the first place, mm. and that is to make sure that every one of those people that walks through the door has that magical experience mm. and wants to come back year after year yeah. um, and we want to reach as many families as we can. So have you considered franchising as a potential model for expansion? We have, yeah, um, and it's something that we still potentially will explore in mm. the future as as um, the business grows and obviously, as I say, there's just the two of us so it's it's an option to be able mm. to service more families. There's lots of other things mm. that kind of caveat that so um, we don't know the answer to that at the moment. Mm. Um, but it's something that potentially we might we may look at down, you know, five, ten years down down the line. Exciting. Yeah. Well, you two ladies are very inspirational. Um, and obviously you're six years into your journey now. So maybe if I could have one little tip from both of you, if someone's listening to this and they're setting up their business, what's kept you going, Maddie? What's your little tip? Uh my tip or the thing I always think why I go back to why did we start this business hmm. why did we think that this was the right thing to do and why 
But that is the thing that really drives me forward. That's the thing that makes me excited in the morning to really focus on is always thinking about that beginning moment because that's the start of the business and that's the start of this amazing journey that we've already been on because sometimes you can get so carried away with everything else going on and also where you are in the business and all the worries but what you need to sometimes just think is why did I do this why (laughs) did I start this journey because that's actually that's all that you really need Mm -hmm. because when you think about that that will then focus and that's how we focus going forward that's really good advice what about you Carrie have you got anything you want to share I would say trust your gut Mm. and it sounds cliche but I think no it's true I think it's we have dabbled in lots of different things lots of you know we've top vest is our core business but previous to that we ran as Maddie said lots of smaller events in like local communities we've done ladies we've done all sorts and genuinely every time something felt really natural and really right it worked Every time something felt a bit left field and not necessarily along the that kind of core ethos, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And actually, by just trusting your gut in the first in, in the first instance has got us to where, where we are. And when we're looking at new acts or activities or a new angle for Top First, we look at it and go, well, what does your gut say? You know, I ultimately, I'm, I'm a mom to a two-year-old. Would I appreciate that as a festival? Mm-hmm. Would I you know, would that make me happy or would that be something that I wouldn't want to do? And actually, we just, we both do that a lot and just remember that actually we're the customer. So if we, if it's something that we would enjoy or it would make it, make our lives easier, then it's probably likely to make mm. all of our customers' lives easier as well. Well, you know what comes across from both of you is you're very customer-centric and that's really key in business and that leads to longevity in business because those people that care about their customers deeply, and I can tell you do, that is mm-hmm. so important to you. Um, I know this business is going to go from strength to strength. So well you. done to both of you. I <laughs> wish you continued success with Top First because it sounds amazing. And, you know, maybe I'll drag my 30-year-old along. Borrow someone's child. I need to. Uh, well, I'm, I, 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 maybe I shall have a grandchild one day. Anyway, thanks, ladies. And I look thank forward you to so following much. your journey. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Thank thanks. You. Thanks for listening to the Business Awards show. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and post about it on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch all of the latest information and show notes, please go over to our website, businessawardshow.co.uk. Thank you.